1: I'm Ed Gross, and this is Vampires and Slayers, the podcast devoted to the undead and those who wish to return them to the grave. For an entire generation, the phrase, I used to run home from school every day to watch it, meant only one thing, the gothic soap opera, Dark Shadows, which aired on ABC from 1966 to 1971. It began as a gothic romance novel brought to life. Ratings were anemic. So, going for broke, producer Dan Curtis decided to add a vampire in the mix, in the form of Barnabas Collins, as played by Canadian actor Jonathan Frid. Curtis's thinking was that if it didn't work, he could always stake the character through the heart, but it did, and Barnabas Collins was spared the stake. A few years ago saw the release of Master of Dark Shadows, a new feature-length documentary on the show, the phenomenon it inspired, and the career of Dan Curtis, which would also include The Night Stalker, and the one-two punch of The Winds of War and War in Remembrance. In this episode, we're talking to Dark Shadows actresses Catherine Lee Scott and Laura Parker. Catherine, who has written a number of nonfiction books about the show, played both waitress Maggie Evans and Barnabas's lost love Josette Dupre. Laura, who has penned original Dark Shadows fiction, played the witch Angelique, who, after being scorned by Barnabas, responded by cursing him with vampirism. Probably the best place to start is... Dan Curtis himself, because of the disc that's just come out. I've got to know, though, the difference between working with Dan Curtis back in the day and sort of more the revered look back at Dan Curtis from now that the disc is doing. What's the contrast between the two?
0: Well, when he first started out, he was the producer of the show, secretly wanted to direct, but hadn't directed yet. So we were around when he did his first First directing gig when he was you know he was all thumbs and fingers and and you know a little bit scared and I, he I think he forgot to say action a- action <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when he first started directing the movie and somebody said hey you don't you gotta say action or the actors won't talk right. and he. And I think that what was were you in that first scene where the, they had the rain with the
2: umbrellas and the... oh I, I I was in uh, yes House of Dark Shadows that that was his first uh, that was the first feature the one that Laura was in was Night of Dark Shadows which was the second one but I was also on the first day of the of the show right. and uh, and Dan then you could tell that he had an interest in directing yeah. because he was always standing over the shoulder of leela swift who came out of the golden years of television and she won awards for sylvania and all of those playhouse 90 and leela was really his mentor and he looked to her from the very first day and then at like laura um, we we did uh, a couple of episodes of dark shadows when right before he was going to do the direct the the film that I was in and uh, again you know it was Leela standing next to his shoulder oh he, Get he a good she was or? oh yeah she oh. was she was there uh, helping him you know compose the shots and she was his mentor which is really lovely oh, yeah because yeah.
0: yeah. he went on to do so many great things you know he, he used to say not dark. I'm done with Dark Shadows. I'm done with Dark Shadows. And You know, Warren, Remembrance and uh, those miniseries that he did were so spectacular. And, uh, you know, I guess you'd have to say a cut above being in the studio trying to make horror movies with uh, a fan and a smoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And a little bit of blood.
2: And, and
1: you never would have suspected that that guy from there would turn around and do Winds of War and war remembrance.
2: Yeah, no, but I think that the the one thing that I hope uh, we were able to convey, that I certainly wanted to convey in in uh, uh, Master of Dark Shadows, the uh, the documentary, is the fact that Dan's great strength is that he created a family, and you know from the very beginning, the Dark Shadows. Actors were his family. He'd uh-huh. take us all out for big dinners, and, uh-huh. you know he uh, he would uh, he would take me aside and say that my skirt was a little too short. It was in the days of a mini skirt. I uh-huh. uh, did he really? You know, <laughs> cast an eye on on uh, my boyfriends, and uh-huh. on one occasion, actually fixed me up. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> because he thought I was dating the wrong kind of guy. So he created this um, this lovely. Family atmosphere. And I know that – because I, I worked with him subsequently in England and in, uh, my first thing in Hollywood, um, that he created that with the Winds of War uh, and every other company he worked with. He created that cohesive family unit. Right. Very effective.
0: A tight-knit group. You know, we all cared about each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Still do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, look. You too. Those, <laughs> of, <laughs> right. those of
0: us who are still around, you know, we still – care about we see each other every year you know john carlin's now in the hospital everybody's been to visit him (laughs) several times yeah it's very touching in in a lot of ways yeah yeah
1: absolutely what you know we look back at dark shadows now and we've got this obviously this warm nostalgia for it and all what was it like being in the midst of it and i ask that because of all the stories that have come out that the show was virtually live they didn't want to do the editing on the videotape because it was so expensive and all that stuff and speaking to the writers, like Sam Hall would tell me when I interviewed him years ago that, you know, Dan was so crazy. We we're constantly turning things and changing things and, mm-hmm. and looking for new and have to give a cliffhanger at the end of every commercial and all this crazy stuff. What was it like, though, in it when you were in it at the time?
0: Well, we were just showing up in the morning and doing a job, which entailed three rehearsals in the rehearsal room with tape on the floor. And then we'd go down and block it for the cameras and that takes about... Two, in, in between your scenes, you'd be running lines, you'd be getting hair done, getting makeup done, and trying to remember everything you they've told you to do in terms of blocking and very dramatic scenes, of course, that invo- involve things like chroma key and, as I said, smoke machines and um, blood and screaming at ghosts to return to their graves and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it wasn't sitting around the kitchen table talking about Jane's divorce. It was big, heavy drama, which we played with total conviction. Then after we did camera blocking, we would uh, hopefully get a dress rehearsal. And then we'd go on the air. And every mistake we made went on the air. There was no editing. And... um, there, we have blooper tapes that have captured moments in which you know the the walk through the graveyard knocked over some styrofoam gravestones, or somebody slammed the door and the picture fell off the wall, and you could see the the you know the the drywall buckling because that's all it was, and and you know people walking through the shots, you know men, stunt men, or walking through the shots and. Uh, microphones descending out of the air in front of your nose and and uh, it all went on the air and I think it was part of the charm was some kind of realization that deep down inside this was being done like summer stock these really were actors and they were doing this show and Mm. and it I think it made it more personal to a lot of the fans and there were so many elements of Dark Shadows that made it outstanding and unique. And there's never been a show like it. Nobody's no. ever captured the moon. There have been a lot of horror shows. But, you know, as Dan said, ours was gothic romance. It was-
2: yeah, and Laura's right about that. But, uh, we used to call the dress rehearsal the stumble through. Uh, everything <laughs> everything that could go wrong went wrong. I think one of my, one of my favorite uh, scenes, lines... Um, when I was doing the show, uh, I was playing Josette then, and uh, and the note was, Catherine, when the hand comes up out of the grave, turn to camera three and scream. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was. Those are the kinds of notes that you would get at the end of the stumble through, and then you know uh, we went live. So as Laura brought up, and I cannot stress it enough, we um, we were we were live. There there was only. I think two instances when uh, we had to come back and and do the show over on a Sunday. The first time it happened, I was uh, I was in that show, and um, something happened with one of the actors, and uh, everything ground to a halt. And you heard Dan's voice coming over. That's it. We're coming back Sunday. The- that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I, couldn't edit. We couldn't. No, edit. could not right. edit. We we, we did. So, it was on what is called kinescope, mm-hmm. and uh, this is really old technology. But mm-hmm. in fact, w- what it was was uh, filming the show on the monitor. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a copy, mm-hmm. and it explained some of the graininess. And not only that, the reels were literally mailed out uh, to the affiliates. So this is huh. this was really old school. I mean we we were we were live. Yeah. And it was too expensive and virtually impossible to do the editing. So um the reason as Laura brought up that we had the the blooper reel is that uh, you know, we would complain, cry, beg to do something over, and Dan would say, Nobody's gonna see this except housewives and kids. <laughs> they'll only see it once. And yeah, they'll only see, they'll, see yeah. it once they'll only see it once. So 50 now, years yeah. later. now we have the yeah. uh the blooper reel. Right. Yeah.
1: My favorite one I think is, is in the end credits, the credits are rolling. And you've seen the staircase in Collinwood and Jonathan comes out in his street clothes, mm-hmm. sees the camera, goes, and he turns away and walks off. Right. right.
2: He's wearing his – he's got his costume on a hanger over exactly. his shoulder. Yeah. Exactly I know. It's, right. it's yeah. priceless. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Yeah. No, I love it. That one, mean, it oh, I'm sorry. One of the actors, was it Louis, that left? Oh, I was
0: there. Yeah, I left yeah, in, yeah, they, to his dressing room, took yeah. his pants off. And
2: forgot he was in the next yeah, scene. Yeah, the, uh, the the cardinal rule. The cardinal rule was, uh, do not leave the set until you're released. But Louis wandered off. He went up to the dressing room, and I knew his scene <laughs> was coming next. And I and I raced. In June June Palio, the um, the costume woman, uh, saw the look on my face, and the two of us ran. I ran faster. I was what nineteen twenty. I ran up those stairs, and there was Louis. In his undershorts. So uh, and I, I, there was this panic and we got him down in, in front of the fireplace with a glass of brandy, brandy snifter. And he did the scene just wearing a smoking jacket.
1: In his undershorts.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I, I I wonder if that wasn't something that was somehow edited because, you know, Jim and I have been trying to find that. But uh, it's it's well documented. I That's was great. there. <laughs> That's great.
1: You know, we talk about the, the, the it was, you'll never see the show again, only kids, the mistakes and all that stuff. And yet there's a whole generation, myself being one of them. I ran home from school every day to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, my school was across the street, so I had to walk. I didn't have to run. But <laughs> what, what is it? And I know you've answered this question a million times over the years, but I would, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. What is it about Dark Shadows that keeps that memory alive? And that helped turn that show into the phenomenon that it really became. That I don't think people realize now how big that show was at the
2: time. Uh, many reasons, but one of the important ones is that we we help kids uh, get through some uh, some really tough times in their lives. Even when we, uh, we have our Dark Shadows festivals. I can't tell you how many people come up to me or how many letters I get from somebody saying, uh, you saw me through my parents' divorce, my father drank, blah, 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 uh, coming home and sitting on the couch with my grandma watching Dark Shadows got me through it. There's there's also, growing up is, is, is hard, even when you've got a stable home life, and the truth is, uh, whatever happened on the playground that day, or whatever the teacher did to you, uh, you... Could run home from school and lose yourself in the fantasy of dark shadows. I think that is the the reason so many people of a certain demographic age group uh, hold it so dear. But there are there were other reasons uh, yeah. that made that show special.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I have a slightly different take on it because I think that a lot of the people loved both my character and the vampire character, because even though they were horror characters, a vampire and a witch, they were both sympathetic. Mm. And a lot of girls, just like Catherine said, or young men have said to me, you got me through my adolescence because you were such a strong bitch of a witch, you know. (laughs) If I could have been like you, you know, if I could have cast a spell and sent some horrible person who was bullying me you know to some terrible world with a pin and a doll it would have been so wonderful to be able to do that and i and i think it's true i think that we we've been told this so many times that you know kids saying if it hadn't been for dark shadows i would never have made it wow. and that's these are the people who are our deepest fans but I, you know i also think it's because he used dan used uh in the scripts, all the all the great classics of literature, of horror literature, that everyone had come to, you know, love over over a hundred years, you know, starting with Jane Eyre, the governess who goes to the spooky house and has the crazy little kid to take care of, which is like turn of the screw. Right. And then you go on to Frankenstein and, Picture of course, Dorian Gray. Picture Oh, that's a wonderful one, yeah. The
2: Withering Height.
0: Um, Pretty much every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every one of them. But Dan used to say, look, this isn't horror. This is gothic romance. And it's, it's, it's different. Instead of in-your-face blood and guts and screams and the kind of thing that you tend to kind of pull away from, you know, it was deep characterizations played by mostly theater actors right. with tremendous commitment. You know, truth of the moment was more important than anything else. Even if you were telling some monster to return to his grave and not bother you anymore, there was never tongue-in-cheek send-up a camp thing, you know. You know, you and I both know this is not real. No, we played it completely and totally with conviction. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's yeah. the thing that, you know, they, they didn't quite— Get around to with with the movie that Tim Burton did. You no, know? We'll, we'll talk the, about that in a oh, second. Oh yeah, but <laughs> the, but the
2: other thing too, and, and we're we're both saying it, is that uh, every character in that show is an outsider, and that's the other great appeal to mm-hmm. to young people who all feel like outsiders. Maggie Evans, the the character that I played at the very beginning of the show, was absolutely an outsider. You know, uh, wrong side of the tracks. Uh, Her mother died when she was very young. Her father was an alcoholic. uh, And she was competing with the rich kids in town. And the boy that she had her eye on uh, was, you know, snatched by the the rich girl up on the hill. Um, All of those things that uh, we told in, you know, old-fashioned bodice ripper style – Uh, really uh, uh, go to the heart of what it's like to be a, uh, you know, a kid, a a teenager.
0: Also, we had a generation that was smoking a little grass. (laughs) Yes, you did. uh, And, you know, uh, maybe falling asleep at four in the morning and waking up right about the time that this television show that kind of matched their fantasies was on the air.
2: I hope you're talking about college kids. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope it's not the little kids.
0: And then we had Housewives. Right. Housewives, hordes and hordes in love with a Shakespearean actor who couldn't remember his lines. Oh my God. (laughs) Who played the part of a monster who was a sympathetic, guilt-ridden, mysterious but miserable person who had been cursed into this ungodly state and all he wanted to do was get out of it the last thing he wanted to do was bite anybody
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then we had the you know, the & Gamble lady in the green room watching to make sure that there wasn't too much blood because <laughs> it, do you remember what was, she was called? Yes, standards and practices that's right yeah <laughs> So when the vampire—and then we also—if a man bit a woman, of course, he bit her on the neck. And it was very sexual, actually. But if a man bit a man, he had to bite him on what? The finger? With the wrist. Oh, the wrist. With the wrist. Oh, right. the, the wrist. wrist. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I
1: want to no. send the wrong
2: idea. No. <laughs> no, you see how much, much the world funny. has changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was—, uh, <laughs> it was. No, we really we really broke ground with that show. There's no question about it. And nobody else, f- frankly, I'm, I'm thoroughly biased, but nobody else got it right. Mm-mm. Absolutely. No, yeah. they didn't.
1: Vampires and Slayers will be right back.